knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. To hell and back is in the job description. Roughed up, scuffed up, run over, kicked, thrown, dropped, dunked, and done the unthinkable is a duty we've embraced for more than 40 years. Through superior engineering and constant innovation, only Pelican has conquered the chaos a life of ambition can dish out. And we've done it to empower you. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track mounted accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. As always, I'm your host, Jimmy. With What's me up? is Mr. Drew. What's up, dude? Not too much, man. Just uh, excited to talk a little tournament, you know, kayak bass fishing. We had a, a, several events happen this weekend, so uh, I'm excited. It's going to be a good show. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm feeling kind of off. Uh, anybody that's paying attention to listen to this, the intro is a little bit different, and we've done that same intro forever, and... Brian wants us to try something a little different, so I'm so used to all of the timing and our our like rock music intro that that just threw me all off. So it just but, it's like it's like pre fishing and the fish are there, and, and then all of a sudden tournament day comes and they disappeared on you, and it just throws you all off. You don't know where to go, you don't know what to do. Man, where, where'd they go? That hit hard this weekend for me. Like <laughs> I uh, so uh, Bassmaster on Pickwick was this weekend, as well as the event we're covering on East West Harbor. Uh, the KBF event and I sent you the picture of it. I, uh, first day of pre-fishing, I struggled. I went up a river based off their rules. I couldn't do the float how I wanted to. So I put it in at the main lake and I went as far up it as I could went over some rapids and stuff like that. Found some smallmouth, but they were not going to do anything for that tournament. So, you know, nothing really going other than a whole lot of heat that day, Friday, Pretty much the same thing in the morning. First spot was a bust, but I found a great spot for the spawn. Uh, then uh, I went to a spot I knew about. It's very public. Uh, I was blown away. I didn't see anybody there. So I put in, like, you paddle around around the point, you know, 100 yards. Made one cast with a jackhammer. Or no, I'm sorry, with new cross-eyes chatterbait. Uh, got nothing. I was easing around one stick up of grass, and I made a sidearm cast. 
and I, I just held the thumb on the reel, walked it around the bush. And I mean, giant fish just rolled over on it. I tried not to, you know, get him, but, but she had it. So yeah, <laughs> picked her in and she's 23 inch. She's seven two. It's my first seven pounder. Uh, I was excited and mad. Dude. I was like, God, I need that tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, went from there, went up, you know, I went super skinny up a Creek, saw some fish cruising around. I got to talk to you about that and ask you how to catch those kind of fish. Um, didn't make any casts came out was like, okay, I'm going to go East from, you know, from where I was at paddled East. I was like, all right, I'm going to fan around with a chatterbait made one cast caught an 18 inch smallmouth. put my rods down was like, I got this tomorrow. Cause I'd been talking with the guys you know, uh, we hung out with Mark Pendergraft, Saw Riser, a bunch of the guys. Didn't seem like nobody was really like on them, on them. I was yeah. like, cool. Real quick, fast forward tournament day. Dan Perry gets to the spot. He's not fishing the spot. He just went from my launch. I told him, I was like, hey, let me know how many people's there. He texted me, said, just one guy. I said, cool, I got this. Put in the ramp, go around the corner. There's two guys sitting in the middle of my spot. And I was like, okay, this big area, I can fish this. It's not a big deal. As I'm getting closer to him, one of them's like, hey, I thought that was you. What's up, Jimmy? And I was like, I couldn't tell who it was. I get closer. Turns out it's some of the North Alabama kayak angler local guys. And they're oblivious to like outside kayak fishing as far as like if it's not local, they don't know. So they had no idea there was a tournament there. So I told them, they was like, oh, our bad. We'll back off. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, did you fish here? He's like, yeah, we got in last night, like four o'clock. It's like, we fished here till about nine. I was like, did you catch anything? He's like, oh yeah, we caught a couple five pounders. He caught a bunch oh. of 17s and 18s. And I just like, my heart sank right then. It was like, Dang, oh God, dude. this spot's burned. And I, I committed to that spot all day, man. I went miles in both directions, just seeing if maybe they moved off. I went offshore, got heat exhaustion, like started like getting tunnel vision and getting dizzy out in the middle of the lake because it was hot as crap. Like it just turned, it Dang. went from, I thought I had something to a bad day, but I did catch a good fish. So you did that. Well, congrats. That's your PB. You said, uh, not length, but weight. No, but yeah. Weight. Oh, that's awesome though. Congrats on that. And you know, honestly, that's, that's a bummer, but that's so similar to a two day tournament. Cause essentially they fished that spot hard and, and you did, you caught some there. And then the next day the, the fish weren't there cause they weren't managed. I mean, they were just gone. There may not have been you know that many there, but uh, man, that's that's rough, dude. That is rough. Just like the intro, man. Just as rough and challenging as the intro situation you had. So it just moved. It changes. But that's fishing, and uh, you yeah. know, I, similar stuff happened to me, and that's okay. But um, I actually will talk about my. If you're cool with it, talk about my experience a little bit and interject as these guys tell their stories. No, that's great. How you, they you were there, so because I was there at the same event. So I want to just. I want to be able to have their, their feedback as well on my strategies and what I did uh, as well. So, yeah. yeah well, uh, w- without further ado, we'll bring in the day one winner from the KBF at uh, East West Harbor uh, repeat winner from last year, Mr. Robert Wecker. What's up, dude? Oh, man. Yeah, man. Repeating it. I was, I was rooting for you because we had you on last year for the same show. Yeah. And I like, I, that's the only thing when I saw that you were up there in the running for it, somebody posted it. I was like, I figured, I, it, honestly, I was like, I, I think he's got this and I will get him back on the show because I think this is the first time we've ever, I'm not, I'm sure it's not the first time it's happened, but I think it's the first time I've ever had the same person for winning the same event a year apart. So that's a first. So congrats, that's man. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And then, uh, 
We also have the day two winner, uh, Mr. Nate Hall. What's going on? Hey, guys. How's it going? Pretty good, man. Glad to have you all on. Uh, Robert, we've had you before again, and Nate, your first time. I greatly appreciate you coming on. I know it's getting late in y'all's neck of the woods. Yeah, it is. It is a little bit. But you know what, Jimmy, speaking of which, man, we do have a lot of East Coast guys on here. If you ever want to start earlier, I know it doesn't matter to you guys listening because you're listening to it whenever you're at the gym, mowing the lawn, on your way to work. But, hey, man, I'll be up for starting a little earlier if you ever feel like it. Hey, I'm I'm always down. I just, I know you got a kid and I know there's bedtimes and I just try to like not, not cram. Not interfere. No, we're good, man. We're good. But uh, no, congrats to both you guys. Uh, It was a fun event. Uh, It was my first time at East West Harbor, you know, and and now they expanded it. I mean, we still call it East West Harbor, but they expanded the rules and the boundaries to the Sandusky Bay, the Portage River Bay and a mile offshore. So a lot of water was in play, which was pretty cool to, to be able to have options, you know what I mean? To kind of figure it out and, and hopefully try to find fish somewhere outside of East West Harbor, which we all know, even if, you know, someone like me who hasn't fished that area, we all know that those places have them. You know what I mean? The water clarity, the way it looks, the grass, even from the satellite image, you can tell it's very bassy. And so my strategy was to actually try to find a way to compete in this tournament outside of that that area the east and west harbor that was my strategy and i know you're 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 you know, laughing because that's probably not the greatest strategy and it didn't work but I will, <laughs> it didn't work but i'll tell you this okay first of all i had to pre-fish the week before and then fly to icast and then come back and i, I wasn't able to pre-fish like the days leading up to it so and I, of course i've never been there before too which doesn't help but it doesn't really matter. I won Lake Dardanelle. I'd never been there. It was second place in Champlain, right? Never been there. It was tied for first in KBF Pickwick. Never been there. So that doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't think it really matters that much. But it doesn't hurt, I'm sure, right, to have some experience. I mean, Robert, you're proof of that. You know what I mean? Like, I was John- laughing because I, I knew that they were yeah. to play. And when I seen your name on the list, I yeah. even my wife. It's a given. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's going to be fishing the river, and there's hammers in that river. So I was laughing because I was pretty well freaked out that you were going to slam the door on oh, yeah. the palm out in the river. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, there, there's some, there, there was, I found some fish in the rivers. I did in some backwater bays. I found some places and some little sneak holes that had fish, but I'll tell you what happened. Um, pre-fishing, there was more water coming down and flowing in some of the areas and I did a little bit better pre-fishing, but I actually couldn't fish all the rivers. Cause as you guys know, there's a lot of murky water coming in. Right. And a lot of the rivers do have a lot of drum and catfish and they're not really known to be bassy. And, and I just don't think they are there compared to, you know, East West Harbor and the largemouth because the smallmouth that live there, they, I do not believe now you tell me if you disagree or if you know anything that I don't know, but the smallmouth there, let's say in the, in the rivers that feed uh, the Portage river Bay or the Sandusky Bay, they're so far away from the main Erie. I don't think those smallmouth are ever smallmouth. I don't think smallmouth move from the lake all the way up those rivers to spawn. I think that the smallmouth in those parts of the lake, that part of the lake, probably spawn in the lake. Because that's just a long way through muddy water that isn't really, you know, what they want to look for to spawn to finally get to some the headwaters of some little creek or, or river where they could actually spawn. So I think those are resident smallies. And if they're residents, they unfortunately don't have the same forage base necessarily as the lake smallies, so they probably don't get as big, and uh, that's what I noticed. But um, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Either oh, one of I, you guys? I agree with that. I think that you that I think you were ch- you if you were going up in the rivers, you're definitely chasing resident smallmouth. You're not chasing yeah. real big lake smallmouth. But you also know that 
I mean, I, I, I would, I think you would agree that usually river smallmouth are long lake smallmouth. So I yeah. thought you might get into some long, skinny, long river smallmouth. Like yeah, I, that, 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 that's what we, we I don't have those trophy small. I mean, Pickwick's got some big smallies on it, but like, as far as like river fishing for smallies in Alabama, that's what you're looking for. They're, they're resident, you know, a 19, I think my biggest one's a 19 and three quarters. And if it weighed two pounds, I mean, it was barely, and that, that's honestly what I thought. Cause I, I've never been to East West, uh, but like looking at it on the map, when Drew was talking about going up there, that's kind of what I figured too. Like, like you just said that he'd get into some long, skinny resident fish, get them good kayak bass. I just and, that in Tennessee. I'm not familiar with the smallmouth fish in Ohio, aside from the lakes, but. Well, that yeah. No, it's true. They're long. They were longer in on Champlain, and and I was up in some rivers. But Nate, I know you know how to catch uh, smallies in, in inland rivers in in Ohio and, and other places too. I mean, all over. I mean, do you think they're, uh, you know, do you think they're longer in the river? Do you think it's possible? I mean, to to win a tournament like East West Harbor up up the rivers when the rivers in Ohio inland aren't, you know, really typically the the best compared to other rivers in the country. I honestly don't think so. I kind yeah. of figured going into it that it was going to be either Main Lake or one of the harbors that was going to win it. Going I, into it. Yeah, I thought so as well. But I still tried the rivers, and I only had two days to pre-fish, and, you know, somewhere I'd never been. So, obviously, you got two days. You can't try the rivers, the harbor, offshore. You can't. You, you either need to commit to offshore, use your electronics, graph like madman, and find some, some you know, GPS locations, some, some, find some fish, right, some structure, and then pray to God that the weather doesn't mess you up. You know what I mean? That's strategy one, which is risky. So I didn't do that. Then I thought East West Harbor, I could go try that. And I said, I just don't want to be around people because this is still something I want to enjoy. I still have fun fishing tournaments. I want to have fun when I'm fishing them. So the way I like to fish to have fun is to kind of be away alone, wild fish. Now <laughs> it doesn't always win as we, we saw, obviously, and it's, we've seen many times it doesn't always win but that's the that's what the way i like to have fun so that's what i chose and i did find fish i'm telling you pre-fishing i had some some areas that I did find some decent fish but here's what happened to me I'll, I'll skip over the first day first day i never had i only had one good fish and i had to learn a little bit about what had changed right because i was there a week before uh and rain and some things were different but the second day when i made my adjustments I went to a new spot and I, I hooked a, my first fish was a 17 three quarters bigger than any fish I caught on day one. And then about 30 minutes later, I lost one that was in the 19 to 20 inch range. Right. And then I went to a, a small, uh, a, I would say a, a small mouthy area, right. A, a, another moving body water. I did where I found some decent size ones and I proceeded to, I'm telling you, this is no joke. Normally would you not agree that if you hook a fish or they, they hit your top water, Normally, you at least are going to land like more than you lose, right? I mean, I don't know what the percentage is normally, but I proceeded to land two fish out of probably 10, <laughs> 10 blow ups that were so just. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Like they'd never seen a Whopper Plopper in their life. Just, just blows it out of the water. And I have brand new Sharp Hooks 
you know, I changed my trebles, the same hooks I used on Champlain when I did well up there uh, with the whopper plopper. And sometimes, guys, you know, losing that 19 to 20 inch fish. Um, and I caught another 17 later in the day. So I had a 17, a 17, three quarters, and like a 15 and a half, and then two other small ones, basically about what I had on day one, which is like 80, around 80 inches, right? So, bottom line is this is how close it is from possibly winning. You know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would have gained yeah. five, five inches catching that one fish. So now I'm up to 85. And I would have gained about another, another, uh, probably six ish inches on the other fish that I missed that were like 17 to 18 inches. They were smallmouth. That puts me right around Nate Hall's range of the winning. So you go from very quickly, and I'm obviously other anglers had lost fish too. Maybe Nate did. I don't know, but we'll find out. But that's just how it should be, I think, inspirational, a little bit hopeful to people who did finish, you know, downrighted in the 20s, you know, out of the 100 and something people or the 80 something people, 20 or I think 32 on day two, that that's how close you are to winning oftentimes. I mean, you just get one big kicker one big kicker or a couple of fish that you missed, you land them. It just flip flops like that. So that was my experience. I loved it. And uh, I definitely will say this. I drove a long way away in the morning, an hour from where I was staying. And then I drove again. I spent about two and a half hours of my day driving. I moved like three or four times to different locations. So it was nuts, but I did find fish in lots of places there. I enjoyed it. I can't wait to get back and uh, maybe with some electronics, check out some offshore stuff and, and just, my goal is still to try to compete in that event every year and never fish East West Harbor. That's what, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> well, before we get too far ahead, uh, while we're talking about it, um, first, uh, let's let y'all introduce yourselves. We kind of skipped over that. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves, what got you into, you know, tournament fishing out of kayak. Uh, and then I want one of y'all to break down East West Harbor for us, for anybody that's, you know, just looks at the map and just sees a big Harbor. So, uh, Nate, tell us, tell us who you are, man. Uh, so I'm Nate. I'm from Pittsburgh, PA. Uh, I got into fishing a lot when I was a real young kid, like nine, 10 years old. Uh, I got into high school, I started playing soccer and that kind of took over my life for that portion of it. And then went to college, got back into fishing, found kayak fishing actually on YouTube and then just started kind of Googling kayak fishing clubs around Western PA. I uh, found a few, joined them up, started fishing tournaments and been hooked ever since. And, and now you have a new obsession. Yeah. Uh, what uh who, who's your youtuber that you that that brought you to the light uh, i believe it was greg blanchard i believe that's, it was my, the that's first one I saw. there's a lot of good ones drew included they have good youtube but greg's is i don't even know what what's different about it it may be just the amount of content i don't know mm-hmm. but nine times out of ten that's the first kayak fisherman on youtube people see i honestly i hear that more than chad and you know yeah. chad and gene you know flooded youtube with kayak fishing but everybody finds greg well, that's awesome, man. Well, uh, Robert, Mr. Repeat, who are you, man? Robert Weicker, Marietta, Ohio. Um, moved here from Tennessee about four years ago. Started kayak- back. <laughs> You're right. Started kayak fishing in 2014 with uh, KBFTN um, and Craig Dye, Ron Champion. They were all down there in the club then. And it, with the, yeah. I mean, I've, I've bass fished my whole life, but. I went down there, nervous as it gets, never fished a kayak tournament. I showed up with a CUDA 14 with a four-inch depth finder, uh, Walmart paddle. I mean, next to nothing. And Craig and Ron came over and helped me unload my kayak, and they, like, they admired all my stuff. They made me feel like a like like one of the guys right off the bat. And that hit a switch right there immediately. I was like, man, nice. I just – I mean, me there with these guys and all their decked-out equipment, and I had that – 
I mean, my now my Cuda, I fished out it for a long time. It was a great boat. Still is great. Boat. Oh, yeah. But my finder and electronics, I couldn't even read the screen. And it was just my my whole setup was a wreck. They helped me rearrange everything and they got me hooked into it big time. And I've never left it. I've fished the bass boat stuff for a long time. I fished the FLW Costas as a co angler uh, two years ago, the Northern Costas. Fished the whole series and realized that's why I like being in my kayak. I don't like being in the back of a boat. Yeah. Like running 100 miles an hour. I think kayak fishing makes you 100 times better fisherman than. Running around finding the good spots. I, I agree with that one hundred percent. I didn't know well, they made uh, four inch fish finders. I didn't yeah. know they made. I think this is four inches, guys. I, I think this phone, is like <laughs> my phone. That's impressive. A four inch yeah, fish finder. The Garmin Striker Four is literally that big. Is it? Like a buddy of mine runs it on his creek boat, and that that HCI Four, I think, is what it was. Heck yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. That's a great story. Those I, are good guys too. So that's that's awesome. And uh, if them KBF TN guys, any of them Tennessee guys, can help you with anything, they're going to teach you how to set up your stuff and spend way too much money. Yep. Uh, everyone, every every Tennessee angler I know has got either like either a killer setup or multiple kayaks. Yep. Like money signs. Like they spend money on kayak fishing. Which Dude, there's cool a lot too. of hammers that come out of Ohio and out of you know Tennessee. Everybody yeah. talks Texas and Florida. I'd put any of my Tennessee, Ohio guys on those guys at any time. Yeah, well, it's man. funny to look back because Russ Snyder, Josh Stewart, Craig Dyer, Ron Chief, and they were all fishing that little trail when they started whenever I started. Like yep. all the were fishing around right there in the same area, and we were all just getting into it, and now we're spread all over the country. I know. That is funny. And it's pretty cool, though, that you did that out of a Cuda 14, too. You know, you know, even though I'm not with Jackson, you know, I, I designed that boat, and, man, it was uh, it was a – just a really cool boat. I loved it. And it was one of my favorites for so long. And still, like you said, is, is a great platform even to this day, even though they don't, they don't make that one anymore, but uh, that's really cool, man. So it's, it's always cool to hear people having really cool experiences out of, uh, you know, boats that maybe you design or, or products that I've had a hand in. And so that's really cool, man. And it makes me feel really, really proud and special that it gave you some awesome memories for you and your family. So that's cool. I think that's the reason why I like my pursuit as much as I do because they're kind of designed. Look, I mean, the design's kind of the same. They're really long, narrow, fast, and that's. I've, I mean, yeah. I, I like them both the same. I've been in both of them. I've, I, I owned two Cuda twelves, two fourteens, and two Kilroys in the time I lived in Tennessee. Yeah, well, hmm. for sure, Jack, them Tennessee boys love their Jacksons. Yeah, we get them at the Jackson sale. Like, so you say, I'll drive yeah, right, right down the road and get them. <laughs> based right there. So like I put the water treatment systems in the in the plant at Jackson. I built their tank, the concrete. That's funny. I put. I did a bunch of work in there and set a couple. Oh, he, of- he he had them connections. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> well, Nate, uh, tell us about East West Harbor. Give you know what what kind of obviously uh, it's a harbor. We know that. Uh, Give us a rundown, though, especially since they opened up the water a little bit this year. Give us your your best description on what kind of fishery it is. Uh, so it's actually got a little bit of everything. I mean, if you want to fish deep, there are places in those harbors that are dredged out that get 15, 18 feet deep. Um, there's clear water in parts of them. Parts of West are going to have dirtier water you can go to. Portage River this year they opened up. It's usually typically dirty, at least when I've been there. Um, and obviously you got the main lake, which is going to be crystal clear most of the time. Uh, if the wind picks up, it can get pretty sketchy out there, uh, which is one of the reasons why I stayed off of it uh, the entire time I was up there. Um, and then Sandusky Bay, um, I've heard nothing but catfish out of there, so I didn't even take a look at that. <laughs> so I don't really know what all it has to offer. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember some of the stuff that Robert taught us about it last year. I just know that it, if it, it didn't last year when they announced it, 
I was like, why would they hold a host event there? You know, why would you want to host event in a harbor? And then there were tons of good fish caught there last year. Nobody talked bad about it, other than some people wanted the boundaries to be stretched a little bit, which is why it happened this year. But uh, definitely a cool place. Now I definitely want to go. I mean, that's one thing with the kayak fishing national trails, man, is they they give you so many places that maybe you didn't even know you wanted to go fish. And then, like, I, I honestly, I don't know anything about Texas. Never had heard of the Possum Kingdom situation. And my God, that place is going to get beat to death now because multiple days of 25, 30-pound bags came out of that in kayaks. So another another benefit of kayak fishing. Well, uh, let's lead straight into pre-fishing. I want to know what you did or what you didn't do to prepare. Um, we've had a pretty good chain of shows even before Drew came on of guys that just winged it, no pre-fishing. So Nate, Robert, what, how'd y'all's day one go? Whichever one of y'all wants to start. Yes, yeah, so I got up there Thursday morning um, mm-hmm. and headed out to West Harbor to an area I fished last year and actually finished third in. And it was a lot muddier this year than last year. I think it's mostly because of all the rain we got, the storms we had come through about a week before the tournament. And it just could not could not get anything going. I caught a couple of fish, and they were the size I was looking for. But I only got three or four bites, so I just wasn't confident I could get the limit out there. Uh, so that obviously affected what I did the next few days leading up to the tournament. I got you. What about you, Robert? How'd you prepare? Um, I was kind of pre-fishing for three of us, two of my buddies just got into this this year they couldn't take the time off that i could so i went up monday and we just called it a family vacation we my whole family came we camped all week and i went to good old waypoint 19 that's where i wanted that last year and i made mm-hmm. cast on the first morning i caught a 19 and a half inch made another cast called a 17 i said well that's where i'm going so i left yeah <laughs> that was quick <laughs> dude he's I at know. the water he's at the water park with his kids he's like all right what else am i gonna do here this week <laughs> oh i gotta go to bed honey i gotta get up and cash check in the morning I've, I've never caught a 19 and a half there. So, I mean, it was kind of like, you know, I mean, it, when the stars align, they align. So I took off and went. I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> I went to chatterbait fishing and finding some other stuff for my buddies. And then they came right. up on the week and I took them around, showed them a few waypoints. And then I took and I, I marked these waypoints in this circle where I'm at. And I put it on their graph and I'm like, this is my circle. Since right. I- <laughs> this yeah. is my bubble and you stay away from this bubble. <laughs> so Jimmy should have told those guys that it, you know, the Al- what is it? Alabama kayaking guys. NACA, yeah. I'm yeah. I, I I wasn't even mad. Like those two guys are great people. He runs our youth trail. Like he yeah. absolutely does not pay attention <laughs> to anything kayak fishing outside of like NACA or YouTube stuff. Like and they were polite about it. They moved. But it they was, did, they it, didn't it was know. too late. Yeah, it was yeah, too late. Like, they didn't know. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. It, it's gone. I, I told somebody that, like, we were excited that night. You know, I was like, I, I think I got something. We were all happy. And then I was like, talking to Possum King, Mark Pendergraph. I was like, ain't gonna happen. I was like, I have the worst tournament luck in the world. Something will affect <laughs> this. And I was right. So go me. I'm keeping it perfect. <laughs> well, all right. So uh, let's get into day one. Uh, Robert, I'll let you start. Start your day one since you crushed it on day one. Well, I'm going to step back just a little bit and tell you a kind of cool story. Awesome. Uh, Kyle that I was kept pre-fishing for, he came up here and practiced about a month ago, and he was pre-fishing with Aaron Stahlbaum, and they caught Aaron caught an 18. Kyle said, hey, I'll take a picture of it if you'll show me what you caught it on. Well, Aaron picked up a worm out of his boat, a 10-inch worm, and that fish had puked that up. 
I thought he caught it on it. And so I was like, you know, I can drag a worm with the best of them. I'm from Tennessee. If you can't drag a worm, you don't belong fishing deep water down there. So I went out and I bought a pack of worms. My third cat that I caught that 19 and a half inch on. So I was like, and I've never thrown a big worm there. I've always been flipping or throwing, you know, always fast yeah. like you normally would. So I I YouTubed a video, said throw a 316 ounce weight with 10 inch worm. Mm-hmm. And just dragging on top of the grass, and that's. I can't believe from Tennessee being from being in Tennessee at all. You didn't know like three sixteenths, good never, hook, good worm. <laughs> oh, if I'm flipping grass, I got the big stick out. You know, I'm flipping. Yeah. Close quarter combat, but I literally third cast of that worm in practice. I caught that one, and I was, went out to my spot. Um, Christine Fisher was sitting next to us at the ramp. So was Jody Queen. And whenever I hate to wish bad on anybody ever. I seen them pointed at the direction of where I was going and I was in practice. I, I knew they're going to outrun me. Please and turn, please turn. <laughs> I the motor fire up and I heard Christine's prop spinning out of the water. And I said, Oh boy, I'm going to win. So I ran to that yeah. out there just before they did. And come to find out that me, her and stall bombs waypoint was literally feet apart. Right. And her being class <laughs> act that she is, she went right on around us and went back and started working on something that she found later. And, me and Stallbaum being buddies, we fished together the whole time. I mean, we we both knew from camp that we had the same waypoint, and it was just, I'm going to bump into you, you're bumping into me, and let's just catch them. And, uh, and and for anybody that hasn't checked the results, he got third. So second y'all... all day. And I even said at the boat ranch to my buddy Matt Davis, I said, hey, me and Stallbaum's going to one-two this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> we were one-two all day to old war chow. As yep. always, gotta come last hand and mess up everything. Just like- <laughs> <laughs> and just because well, you mentioned it, Christine moved on, and Christine still got fourth. So yeah, I mean, y'all are in a good did. area. Jody got mm-hmm. third the next day, sitting right there. So oh yeah, still get worm all day. I mean, that's I didn't put it down. I, I flipped a little bit, and I did catch some stuff on a crawl, but I didn't keep catch my key fish. But my bite was thirteen keepers in the morning from the first hour, and then it slowed way down. But every bite I got after that was a big one. And it was dragging that worm painfully. Man, I need those problems. <laughs> yeah, right. I finally got the YouTube video up a little bit ago, and you'll see that. Worm. Okay. My worm, I mean, it was, I was not moving it. Sometimes I was looking at my phone, talking to somebody, and I could just tick. Well, I wasn't even moving it. So it was, it was deadly slow, but it was, so it, right. it, it was Texas rigged? Yeah. Yeah. I had it pegged yeah. a little tiny weight and backlashing like crazy every time the wind blew and caught that right here it's so hard to throw but i was throwing it on 17 pound line and a big flipping stick anyway i wasn't gonna put the, or put the big rod down so what, yeah. what kind of what kind of grass was in the area well or were there several kinds of grass the main thing i was catching them on was all the eel grass and i kept hearing yeah say that they're i kept hearing guys talk like bass don't live in eel grass and i'm like y'all crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're everywhere in eel grass up here so no well, you're right I, they don't know they don't stay away from it yeah, they were fishing the thicker stuff next to my spot, so I didn't have a lot of pressure. Right. They were close to me, but they weren't they weren't on what I want what I was on. So Yeah. It speaks to the health of a, a fishery. When you got eel grass, it it it's it's I think a little bit more sensitive than most other grass, you know what I mean? So it needs some clean, clear water, um, you know, for sure. And and it just says a little bit to the health of that area. The the other question I have is um and, and I think I'm on here, you know, I'm I'm co hosting with with Jimmy now. And I think one of the reasons I'm on here is to, you know, really get you guys to try to give us, give up some juice. So I'm going to ask tough questions. Sometimes you can answer them, you can dodge them, whatever you want to do. But what I want to know, Robert, is why in the world were there this many big fish in this area? What was it? Because there's grass all over this place and you're saying, oh, it's grass. I'm just dragging a, you know, 
10 inch worm, three sixteenth ounce, but that's everywhere all over the harbor. So why, why in this area, what makes you think they were, you know, why were this many big ones there? Is so, there anything you can point out? In practice, I was clueless. I just knew they were there because they, they've been there. Right. From day one, I was completely clueless. I just obviously knew they were there. But day two, when it was glass calm, there was 500 million bluegill, one inch long, two inches long, popping the top of the water. And they were loaded and the bass were chasing them everywhere. And they were only over in that big section of eelgrass. You could sit there and the water was boiling in that little 50-yard circle. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Wow. But everybody else seen it too on day two, and they all came to the party. (laughs) Yeah. How how tall was the old grass, by the way? Did it get, how close was it to the surface? It was was all the way to the top. It was six six feet of water, and it was all the way up. And there was a lot of it mixed in with some other grass, but the only place I could ever catch, I could catch them was just in the real thin, isolated little patches like it wasn't crazy thick so just because it sounds like if you got video this is going to be really cool give yourself a shameless plug where people can see that what's your youtube uh wiker's outdoors i'm going to have to check that out it's a new channel i've always hated gopros because i don't like messing with editing i mean i spent 13 hours editing the video for the weekend so i mean I'm, i'm not good at it i don't have a good software and everything but and I finally just decided to stick with it. So it's been fun. And it's making some cool memories. I got my daughter's first deer hunt on there and stuff this year. And so it's been fun. That's cool. I, I, I record most everything I do. I always say I'm going to learn how to edit. And then I never do it. I just use the clips for myself to like look back on. Or like if I'm fishing the same spot, it lets like this is what the weather was like. And you had a good day. This is what the weather was like. You had a bad day. I use it just as a reference. Well, uh, on to Nate. Tell me about your day one, man. Yeah, so day one was rough for me. Um, actually, so day one, I pre-fished West Harbor. Day two of practice, I pre-fished East Harbor and found numbers, but no size. So I was like, well, I don't really have confidence in either harbor, so I'm going to go to the new place, Portage River, this year. Um, and there's a big railroad track that goes across the river and then a big road that goes across the river as well with a bunch of rock and riprap. And I was like, I'm trying to go there. I'm going to throw a jig, throw a tube, and crank it all day and see if we can go with any size. And there was no size there to be found. <laughs> Dink after dink after dink, and that was my day one. Golly, man. I I, I can't stand when you – I think Drew said something about everything looking fishy. I can't stand when there's a situation where, like, everything tells you this is where it's going to happen, and absolutely nothing happens. That that was me when I went up, like, like how I fish for River Smallies up here. It's when it's as hot as it gets in summer – you hit the rivers and that's where they're at. And I did that and there was nothing like I was catching smallies like this big. I caught a couple decent sized largemouth that I have no clue why they were in. I had 86 degree water and they were sitting in like eight inches of water. Why? Like, why are you there? But no, I, I, I cannot stand the, oh, this is fishy. This is going to work. And then pfft, throws everything you think you know about bass fishing right out the window. Yep. That was my day one. Ugh, I feel well, for you, man. So day two, what uh, what adjustment did you make? I went back to West Harbor, um, and 
after pre-fish, I didn't really have anything, any spots to go to. It was actually in the marshy part of West Harbor, which is the farther west part, not the main harbor where they have all the docks and stuff. And so I launched at the far end of that and decided I was going to paddle east as far as I can during that 30 minutes of time we have before lines in. And I did that, got about two thirds of the way down that little chute, uh, just started fishing. And in the morning, I started off the chatterbait because it was cloudy, it was foggy, really wasn't a whole lot of sun coming through. So I didn't think the flipping bite would be on. Um, caught a 17, like 10 minutes in. I was like, all right, this is going to work. We're going to catch a quick limit here and move on. Didn't get another bite after that. So after about an hour and a half, looked to my left and there was just this little section of pads just right there. I was like, all right, there's a fish there that's probably going to be fishing the rest of the pads. Uh, so I went over there, started flipping. Five minutes into that, caught an 18. It was like, all right, this is what I'm doing the rest of the day. That's a fun way to catch them, too. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then after that, moved on to the next set. And that's where the magic happened for me that day. Um, Went in there, caught an 18, then a 16 and a half, then a 17 and a quarter, which filled out my limit. And that was the biggest limit I've ever had in those harbors. So I was like, all right, that's pretty good. Now I'm going to do much better than that. And then next fish was a 20 and a quarter. And I was like, all right, it's going to happen today. And just kept going. Caught one more upgrade there and then a bunch of smaller fish um, then moved on and ended up getting that one last call towards the end of the day and I set of pads. And just to go over your numbers, uh, obviously you're, you won cause you're here with us. Uh, took it home with 92 and a quarter, uh, big fish 20 and a quarter. Like you were just talking about uh, 18 and a quarter, two 18s and a 17 and three quarters. So killer day. Uh, and just to step back for just a second, because I didn't get the Roberts numbers out, uh, day one winner, 95 inches with a 20 and three quarter, 19 and a half, 18 and three quarter, 18 and a quarter, 17 and three quarter. So, you know, pretty similar numbers both days. Uh, so the fishing was definitely on. Um, Drew, yeah, you got anything to get some juice well, out of that? <laughs> well, first of all, I was going to say, what was uh, Pickwick? What won Pickwick? So we can compare this northern fishery, you know, in the summer too. Okay. I think it was, I think that East West had better numbers than Pickwick if I looked, especially like further down. I mean, dude, I was 24th place and I had 80 and a half inches on day one. That would probably got me like in the top 10 at Pickwick. So there's, there's something to be said about in the North, you know, this is, feels more like they're, uh, you know, post spawn, you know, feed up. They don't have as much time, you know what I mean? Like it, ice is over, right. and they're just fe- feeding hard all summer long. Basically, there is no, you know, lull period really. You know, up here, I mean, tell you guys agree with that? It's pretty similar. They just kind of feed it for for the whole summer, basically. Then go right into into winter, obviously. So in the south, it's the opposite. It's very hard. Over, it's very pressured. It gets like you were saying that just it just feels like the de- the dead of winter where it's just hard to catch like five you know what I mean in the middle of the summer. Um, so, what you got okay. for numbers on Pickwick there? All right, so you're right though. Uh, it took uh, ninety two and a half to win Pickwick, uh, and he got I know he line uh, you know wired to wired it. He had ninety inches I think in the first hour, um, and then eighty eight and a half for second, and eighty six and three quarters for third, and then it fell off. I don't have past third on my right. uh, spreadsheet right here, but I know it fell off bad Fast. after that. Like, oh yeah, if I could have landed three fish, I could have got. I think I think Dan got twenty second and had a twelve. Like, it was it fell off quick after I think like eighth place. So yeah, and yeah. and the the numbers were way up just for comparison. Um, ninety five first place for, for day one, ninety one and a half, ninety and three quarter. You didn't get under. 
85 inches until 10th. So still up there pretty good. And then day two, uh, 92 and a quarter was the win 90 and then fell off a little bit, but still seventh place. No, it I was wrong. 12th place. So yeah, definitely fishing yep. way better than the picnic picnic pickwick numbers were yeah all right a lot better this year than did last year it was 80 it? it was 80 89 and a half last year and compared to 95 and then it was 87 compared to 92 on day two so. was it about the same yeah, time of it, year same time of year my memory yeah. on facebook showed me the day that no i way. went this year it showed me there was a my memory came up <laughs> the time i won last year so yeah same time that's cool, man. That's real cool. That's well, a crazy repeat. That is, that is, man. You know, so all right. So Nate, let's pull something out of your 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 day here, your winning day. So most of your fish came from this one section of pads. It sounded like the majority of your fish. Did you yeah. find anything unique about that set of pads? Was there adjacent deep water? Was there a shell bed? Was there anything, you know, around there that would you know clue us into why that set of pads? Or is it just one of these things in these harbors that? Like Robert said, it could just be where the bait are and you just were drifting along, working your way back and just sort of stumbled into it. Because when I was catching fish in pads in one of my you know, lake areas or harbor areas that I was fishing, I agree there was a certain set of pads. There was more bass in this one area of pads than all the other pads that looked just the same. So what are your thoughts? Uh, for me, I think it was two things. One, the water was just slightly clearer in that set of pads. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know why, uh, but it was just a little bit clearer and it wasn't as choked down with grass. So all the pads in West Harbor, which it wasn't like this last year, had matted grass all throughout the pads and whatnot. And how it was choked out that one section, the grass was just a little bit lower. It wasn't quite as thick. And I think that's what pulled those fish in there. Just way more oxygenated. Yeah. Yeah. Could, that could be something to do with depth a little bit too, slightly maybe, uh, or just the bottom composition where, you know what I mean? Like, it, it maybe the bottom changed there a little bit because that can give you a clue if it's thinner then it's it's a different bottom potentially that you know the grass can't grow as thick there it's kind of like you got that that bare spot in your lawn you know it's bare because it's a bunch of rock there you know what i mean your grass doesn't yeah. grow as well similar uh, situation happens on the bottom of our lakes and and rivers so that's that's interesting and those differentiators really are you know like keys to finding you know bass finding fish like the differentiator like when you've got a, a transition on a lake from like a lake, you know, from a main kind of a cliff style ledge rock, you know, coming off to, to changes to sand or gravel, that transition area, they love those. And I feel like that's a transition that's just on the bottom of, you know, the Harbor there. So that's interesting, man. Um, and now what and were it, you, what were you throwing again, mainly to catch them? Uh, I was throwing a black and blue pit boss with a three quarter ounce tungsten weight. Oh yeah. But I wanted Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But Robert was chucking the worm. <laughs> yeah. Now, well, here's another question, Jamie. This this is interesting because the winner at Pickwick had his fish early, and you know, on my podcast that uh, we just changed the river back to the name back to the River Bassin Podcast, which we'll be doing some of here. Ken Morris and I will on the Paddle and Fit Network. I've always told people, especially mainly in the South, in the summer, that's the only time I feel like. Um, you know, being out early, getting that bite, taking advantage of that early morning bite, really, especially at rivers, because because I feel like rivers you can just catch them all day long. But only time I really feel like it may matter to get up early on a river is in the summer, that low light, and it and it applies up to lakes too. Obviously, 
And I think that maybe is what, you know, got him those, those fish on Pickwick. I mean, do you think there's some truth to that? Because, look, you guys were catching fish all day long in the summer up north, and then he had his fish early down south and won. Some, something that I saw, and it's funny because me and Riser talked about it, the same thing. We, Me and Riser, if we ever run into each other, we always compare. And, you know, we both agreed that it would it, it'd either go two ways. Somebody would just land on freak fish, you know, where you, you might get five bites all day and they're five good bites, but, you know, putting money on that somebody was probably going to wreck them early. Yep. And something a lot of people noticed was the water temperature difference between morning and like 10 a.m. was insane. Like, it'd be, well, in the areas I was in, you'd have high, high mid to high 70s. And then by 1130, it was 86 degrees. And, you know, they just more active before they did their, you know, normal like summer go out deep or they stage up wherever they're going to be. What was weird for me when I was on them was is 1130 in the afternoon. The water was 86 degrees and I was catching them in two foot of clear water around nothing. Well, the one I caught around grass, but the other bites were there was nothing there like no, no dead grass, no live grass, no rocks, no shell bed. Don't know why they were there. Um, some of the other guys were I was talking to, they were catching them super shallow all day, you know, flipping, uh, you know, basic summer fishing, shady spots. But I actually, I I may have to reach out to Josh. I'd like to know how he caught them. I, yeah. I haven't heard. I've talked to a bunch of people. Nobody's said. I'd, I'd be curious to know how he got 90 in an hour. Yeah, Josh Deal, right? Is that you say his last name? Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, definitely want to say his, his whole name on here and give him credit. You know, we've got Nate and Robert on, but obviously, you know, Bass Nation Kayak Series, Pickwick winner, Josh Deal, and uh, congrats to him on that. Uh, I will say this, too, just so you guys – I don't know if you guys know this or not. Uh, I'll ask it in case anybody does. Because, Jimmy, you're talking about oxygen a lot of summer. Do you know when the lowest – the time of day, right, or 24-hour clock, when is the lowest – period of oxygen in a body of water does anyone know i know the answer i'm just curious if anyone knows because you're going to be surprised dusk what is it i'm thinking dusk that's what i said the lowest point of oxygen is probably is around 5 30 or 6 a.m that's the lowest time of oxygen and i'll tell you why i'll tell you why because jimmy's shocked that these fish are shallow and i know why they're shallow jimmy because i'm gonna tell you they're shallow in the middle of the day because the sunlight comes up and it hits the plants and photosynthesis occurs and oxygen is created sh- even shallow, super shallow. It doesn't matter about the temp because of photosynthesis. The longest period without photosynthesis is because obviously hot, hotter water doesn't hold oxygen as well as the cooler water, which is why these fish are fired up up north here because it still isn't. I mean, what was the water temp for you guys, Robert and Nate? You guys know? 70, I have no idea. It was, 70, okay. 76 in the afternoon evenings so plenty of oxygen plus the grass right no issues with oxygen down south the lowest point of oxygen is is at 5 30 or 6 because they have the the, that obviously gets dark at whatever time like you know well the sun goes away from the plant life on the on the lake probably like seven o'clock or something right with the shadows so it's gone so from 7 30 to 8 you've got no photosynthesis happening no oxygen is created until six that's why in the morning a lot of times you will see fish that that need to gulp oxygen like gar or whatever they'll, they'll gulp oftentimes in the morning catfish will roll they're gulping air i only know this because i had a pond at my house in north carolina we had a lake and pond management company guy come over 
and explained to me as I was trying to like manage the pond a little bit, you know, and um, he told me that, that running the fountain, we had a little fountain that helped produce oxygen. I would just, I would run it during the middle of the day thinking, man, in the middle of the day in the summer, these fish have to want oxygen. You know, I'm going to run this fountain to help them out. He said, I'm doing the complete opposite. He said, that's when the oxygen is there. And I, instead what I'm doing is creating, I'm throwing all the water in the air, right? in these little particles, right? And it's getting evaporated away. The more wave action, it's just getting evaporated away even quicker and they're losing water. And he said, it's the complete opposite. You need to run it. It, you know, really at three or four in the morning till like six, if you have it on time or six 30, because then the sunlight takes over photosynthesis takes over and the fish can be the shallow. A lot of the plant life actually is, you know, right on the banks coming from the actual land, right into the water that's creating oxygen. So really there's a reason why they, they are super shallow sometimes in the summer, in the middle of the day. And hmm. it's because they're trying to get oxygen. Well, so, folks, there is your biology lesson. And there you go. Yeah. I, I needed that. It makes a lot of sense because I've caught yeah. some good fish up stupid shallow right on the edges of grass lines and stuff like that. Yeah. Like on the grass on the bank. And right. It makes total hey, sense. I haven't said that. You got a population of fish that obviously not every fish is shallow in the summer, right? You got a big population that is, I think below the thermocline, there's no oxygen. So I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's correct too. Below thermocline, no oxygen. So they, they hang out as cool as they can be down lower, but not the true thermocline chasing, you know, bait. I think your baits stay, obviously they're going to stay up where the oxygen is too. There's a bigger population, probably offshore. That's why crankbaits and things like that work on the deeper points and humps and stuff like that. But then you got this shallow population that it still is eating bluegill during the summer. But anyway, I digress. Um, we, we should dig into whatever else we can, we can get out of these guys here while we have them for the last few minutes. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, so. I'm sure if they didn't know, I'm, I, well, I definitely I, didn't know. You're starting to make me wonder some game plans and realize it's exactly like, exactly like, Oh, I've been approaching this completely go, backwards. <laughs> middle, middle of the day. I go always went deep and maybe this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Need to start looking at some other things. Yeah, you certainly can give it a shot. You know, like I said, I know that the majority of the fish are definitely in lakes are more like off and, and deeper, but still above in the oxygen. But there's always a population like Jimmy, Jimmy ran into some. And if you can cover enough water, I mean, can you get five good ones? You know, that's that's the question. So. If, if, was, if you end up winning or doing good off this tip, dude, you got to give us a shout out. <laughs> give me a I'm shout sure. out. That, <laughs> but. Well, that's awesome, guys. Uh, anything else cool happen while, while y'all were fishing either day of the tournament? Pretty, pretty rough one day. 
for one of y'all. Pretty. How was your day two, Robert? I don't know if we hit your day two. Um, day two started out pretty good. The opposite of day one. Day one, I was whacking them. Stallbaum was watching. My bike slowed down. His bike fired up. Day two, he didn't. He started drilling them early. Uh, I watched Jody whack them. I wasn't catching anything. I caught a seventeen something right off the bat. I had my limit pretty early, but my bike, my big bike, was not there. And then about noon, it was hot. It was nasty. I looked, and we got slammed with a storm that leveled the campground the night before. So my yes. wife and kids are back at camp. The tents are flooded. I put the kids in the car. Wife slept in the truck. I slept on a half-wet air mattress. And about noon, I looked at my buddy, and I was like, you know what? I made $5,000 yesterday. I'm not going to sit out here and beat my <laughs> I'm going home. So I just Time thought, for pizza. I was, was going to call it a day. <laughs> My wife, because I know she's a train wreck from the storms. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, our campsite was trashed. And uh, so I just decided to call it a day about, I got off the water about an hour early. And we went back and packed up and made the four-hour drive home. So day yeah, two, man. kind of one of those things. You know, I was still on a high from day one. I was in a great mood. Everything was good. Fish weren't biting. And I just didn't I just care. <laughs> I mean, I, I cashed the biggest check of my life. I had a great weekend. My kids were there. My daughter last year wasn't there, and so she was so mad last year when I won, and she wasn't there, and she got to be there this year. And that was the that was the highlight of my weekend. They were standing on the shore at the end of the tournament cheering me on, and you could hear them yelling at me. I was sitting there fishing, and I heard, hey, Dad, and I was like, that's oh. cool. I said, I'm going to lose my mind. And then she yeah. said, uh, I told her before the tournament, I said, hey, I'm going to win this tournament for you today. And she's like, Dad, you don't have to win to impress me. I'm still proud of you. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> but I have to that's win to cool, pay for man. your hobbies, though, honey. So yeah. daddy's got to go cash this check. <laughs> hey, that's really cool, man. Hey, you did say one thing. You know, all the people around you. How many? How many other boats, like boat anglers that were fishing for bass, were in those harbors that day? Uh, the boat guys did not even come close to us because there were so many kayak guys by me on the second day. The right? Guys were like, "I'm not going over there." First day, there I didn't have already any company. Me, Christine, Jody, and. And Aaron, that was it. Day two, my lord, everybody came through there. Now nobody pre- nobody did anything wrong. You know what I mean? They were just right. they were in the area. Yeah, if my fish were cruising, they were getting pressure. You know, yeah. I don't know if my fish were in that one spot because they were there for a reason, or if they were cruising through when I caught them day one. So the pressure was definitely real on day two, and I was just like, eh, I'm going home. My wife, I know my wife needed help with the campground. I wasn't going to let her just deal with it all by herself. So yeah, that's that's cool, man. Did, did you sit on that spot on day one, even when you weren't catching them, and, and just so no one else could pull in there, did you just actually sit there the entire day and hold hold that spot so nobody else would pull in? I stayed really close, and I kept looking back at Jody and Christine. Right. And I was nervous that if I did move, because I've got, I don't know, 130 waypoints in that bay. I mean, a bunch. And just a few key ones, and I was afraid if I moved, they would pull up. And I left for about 30 minutes, and they never moved a muscle. And then I told them at the at the weigh-in, I was like, I've never met them in person. I mean, not everybody knows who they are. And, right. I, told them, and I was at the check-in, I was like, I want to tell you guys I got all the respect in the world for you because when I left, you guys never pulled up, and you guys sat there and watched me whack a 20 and three-quarter right before I left. I mean, at, like 30 minutes before I left. And uh, he said, no, he said, we're not that kind of people. We've seen the day you had and there's no way we'd ever, we're not, we would never do that to anybody. No. Yeah. It's a class acts, man. Yeah, I, man, I was very, very, cause I was scared to death to leave, but I knew my other spot hadn't been touched and I had to go look at it. Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah. They, just, 
They didn't no, they are. They're class, and that's proper. That's the proper way to do it. So anybody listening to fishes tournaments, that's that's really is the way to do it. I mean, you just got to know in your heart, like you didn't find that exact spot, and you only know about it now because you saw him catch it, and that's just not not the I'll, way to to do it. Really, you know that that that's that's kind of the spot that I found on Pickwick where I, you know, where I got into him. A guy, a local guy, I know won a local trail there. That's the only reason I knew that that spot had big fish. And the only reason I went there is because he was not fishing that event. If he had been fishing with that event, I would have never went near it. You know, you, like you said, that's, they, they saw it. I guarantee you same situation. If you go for a three peat next year, they'll probably be in the area. Cause they both did good there. I guarantee you it'd be the same thing though. I have no doubts. Waypoint 19 would be untouched. Dude, <laughs> I have you no guys do it next year. And I, and they, and they beat me to that spot and I rolled through. I have no doubts at all. They just moved right over. Yeah. yeah, obviously they got a good spot. They got a third, fourth, and an mm-hmm. eighth right behind. Yeah, I mean not far behind, maybe 60, 75 yards away. So the spot's hot, and it's big enough for. I mean, we had a third, a first, an eighth, a third, and a fourth in that spot in the whole tournament. There's ten thousand dollars made there in that spot. Oh yeah, <laughs> you got you guys do that next year. You go for it. I'm still I'm still going away <laughs> as far as I can get away from everybody. Drew's I, still coming thing. for redemption in the river. Yeah, I do not want <laughs> I do not want to see anyone when I'm fishing. I did happen to see a couple guys at one of my spots uh, from further away. I don't know if they saw me, but anyway, that's the other <laughs> thing I didn't want to say is that uh, you know I I just that's just not you know it's just cool to me that that you guys. Just, I mean, you went where the fish are. It didn't really matter to you that other people were there. It didn't ruin your experience. You just sat on one spot. I'm too fidgety. I'm too much. I just need to be moving. You know, like I said, I drove all the, all over the place. I've floated different. I paddled long distances, but I'm still going to give it my best because I know I had the fish on on day two. Now that I've really learned more about this this fishery, I know I can compete with y'all's spots in those other areas. It takes a little bit of work, but I'm still going to try to do it my way but we'll we'll see if it works but nate so, or sorry go ahead no i was gonna say while we're still talking about yeah you know next year nate you know do you have uh plans on if they go back to defend your title yeah I'll be if, back. So, oh yeah <laughs> there's no doubt that's one of my favorite places to fish just so i can fish my way and i showed out day two so gotta go back you definitely did again. that's got awesome I, I i hope and it's i would hope both ways i hope i can have nate on his repeat and Robert three Pete, but I also hope that I can have Nate and Drew. Drew, if you make, you know, maybe if you Drew, if Drew gets first, Robert gets second, or vice versa, or whatever, <laughs> we'll do the same show again for the third time next year. That'd be cool, dude. I just want to prove that it can be done outside of East or West. I'm telling you, man, that's like that's my new goal. It is, man. First place, and then I end up getting second. I'm not on the show. I'm going to be a little upset. Oh no! I'll have you on. If <laughs> if you get third, I don't. I'll have you on because I just because of the repeat and this oh, conversation right now, this will happen again. I may just have you on even if you don't show up next year, so we can talk about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Do you guys remember if Chad said uh, someone told me? I think uh, Ken Morris. You know, you guys know him real well. I know Nate. You're friends with Ken. That um didn't Chad say something like next year this may be a super trail stop that's a three day event and they may open the boundaries up even more and maybe even Lake St Clair is it did I hear that what do you yeah say? 
Ooh, yeah. Well, that's gonna that's gonna ruin all this right now because there's no way I'm going and freaking back up Portage <laughs> Bay or Sandusky Bay if Lake Sinclair's inbounds. That's the dumbest thing <laughs> I, I, anyone could do. So I feel uh, like a lot of the East West guys would think the same way because I mean it's Lake St. Clair. Like I'm not going to East Arbor if they say open up St. Clair. Yeah, yeah. I got stuff on St. Clair. I'm moving to. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be the part. same show but different next year. It'll be oh. you won the event and nowhere close to your spot. <laughs> it, it might as it might as well be called the Lake St. Clair tournament and forget all everything else. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, at the same time, man, you may have a couple anglers that use that to their advantage. They'll have like. Just for instance, if Robert goes and checks out and there's 5 million people on St. Clair, I'm going to go back to my spot because uh, you won't have to share it with, with Jody and Christine. <laughs> well, if he can get 95, he can probably cash the check. You can yeah. get a good point. My area would probably be pretty dead and I'll have it all to myself. Exactly. But I've, I've been fishing that area for a long time and I've never seen a limit like I put up Saturday ever. Right. And my biggest bass ever there is 23 inches, seven and a half pounds. That was the first fish I ever caught that I found the spot. So wow. I watched a guy in a bass boat tournament fishing his tournament. He left at three o'clock and me and my buddy were blank for the whole day in his bass boat. He rolled over there and threw a spinnerbait and caught that giant. And I was like, Hey, we need spot. <laughs> I think I've catched I think I've catched six. Waypoint. So it works. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. Well guys, another great show. Glad y'all can make it. I don't want to keep y'all up too late. Uh before we let you go, we always like to, you know, let you shout out anybody you want to shout out. You know, shameless plugs to your your YouTubes and Instagrams and all that stuff, and thank any sponsors you have. So, Nate, take it away, man. All right, you can find me on social media at Nhall Fishing. That's N H A L L Fishing. Uh, that's all my social media tags. And then I think Performance Kayak. I'm over here in Brookville, PA. If you're in Western PA, Northern PA, need a kayak, any kayak gear, anything like that, make sure to hit them up or let me know, and I can get you in touch with them. Awesome. And what's next for you, Nate? What uh, what's the next event people can see you? Fishing? Uh, Chesapeake Bay for the bass event in two weeks. Awesome. I'll be there. Awesome, awesome. man. Well, that good be, luck, man. That should be a real interesting one right there. You got the Susquehanna. You got lots of, you know, you know, grass, lots of different set of fish there, lots of bay stuff, like kind of a little similar to the event we just fished. So that'll be fun. Um, all right, I guess, Robert? Um, check out my new YouTube channel, Wiker Out, Wiker's Outdoors. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun playing on that, and um, – just my sponsors, um, Raccoon Creek Outfitters out of Albany, Ohio. They hooked me up with a Pursuit loaded with an XI-3 and a Dakota Lithium. Obviously keeping me powered anywhere I want to go all the time. And Pro Tackle Crafters, they're out of their local company out here where I live at. And they keep me stocked in all my tackle all year long. And uh, Chasing 20 Clothing, they're a clothing line that come out a couple years ago for the bass boat scene, Chasing 20 Pounds. I got in touch with them about Chasing 20 Inches, so... We're getting ready to launch a new line of clothes for those guys. So. That's cool, man. That's cool. And I'm going to ask you on here, just because I haven't heard you talk about it yet, but you also have a tackle company still? Yeah, I do. COVID really, really put a hurting on us, and I went back to building swimming pools with a guy with a company that supports my fishing like you wouldn't believe. So I've been doing the tackle thing part-time, line-out custom tackle. Pretty much anybody in the kayak game knows who we are. Um, we're- and, a, and a big shout-out, and Steve Owens had mentioned it, you have done a lot for the local clubs in the South and startup clubs, you know, backing them up with sponsorship. You, you sponsored one of my events. I, my, my guys loved that. Uh, I hate that COVID, you know, put a, put a pause on that, but yeah, we did it full time for four years and I'm still doing it part time. I'm not pushing as hard cause I can't get, I still can't get a lot of product and a lot of materials. We had to shut our website down for a little while, but we are 
considering a new line of something special soon. Maybe we might change directions from what we were doing to still doing, still doing fishing lures, still doing hard baits, still painting, but maybe we're going to work on something else. Are you guys mainly hard baits or, uh, did yeah, you all, all, I've done, all I've ever done is airbrush and paint. We are, we just paint jobs, repaints, crankbaits. We had our own line of crankbaits and stuff. And yeah, they make some killer cranks, man. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a, a guess out, not to interrupt Drew. Okay. I'm going to take a guess that this man's about to start into the big swim bait game. <laughs> <laughs> he lived in Tennessee, and that's a thing down there. Like, that's, Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite things in the world to throw. Not tournament time. I never throw them in tournament days, but I throw them for fun fishing. But, yeah, we're going to – I've got a couple designs. I dabbled in building for a little while, and I think we might start building this winter. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. I mean, you can't build swimming pools in the winter. You might as well build fishing pools, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I do want to also say thanks, to, like you just said, to uh, Dustin Hoy of Raccoon Creek because he put my, myself and Ken Morse up in his camper there in Port Clinton and had a good time with them. And like you said, Robert, that storm about just blew that camper. I thought a tornado was just going to come right there and just take us off the ground. That was an insane storm. So, you know, who knows where I would have been, maybe camping or whatever, if uh, if Dustin hadn't, you know, put a, put a – uh, shelter over our heads as well so big thanks to him and farley does for the kayak fishing community uh raccoon creek outfitter is definitely one of the best in the country so thank yeah. you dustin well we appreciate you coming on guys uh congrats again man y'all y'all did killer you know one fish in one way one fish in another i love the diversity um and i hope to have y'all back like like we've said it before i really hope that we get to do this show again next year and i think i think you two can do it so i won't keep you any longer guys i thank you so much and we'll holler at you next time all right thanks guys see ya all right so last week y'all may have caught it in the recording i forgot to do the recap and then i recorded it after and edited it in i haven't actually gone back to see how good brian got that to match up so before i forget got some tournament recap so uh we'll get right into it uh kbftn was on old hickory lake they had a night tournament out there they had 30 anglers mr josh sharp first place uh with 53 and a quarter that's a three fish limit tournament second yeah man the and this one right here too second place adam riser with 50 adams adams hammer and third place to nick moore with 49 Next up, we got the Queen City Kayak Bass Fishing guys. Uh, they were on all four Yadkin Lakes. High Rock Lake, Lake Tillery, Tuckertown, and a whole bunch of other areas that I'm not going to spit all those out. Uh, 87 anglers, and they do the four fish limit, which I think is cool. Uh, first place, Aaron Trexler with 76 and three quarters. Second place, Cher uh, Tao. We're going to go with that 67 inches. Third place, William Queen, 65 and three quarter. I know I probably said your name wrong. I am sorry. I'm just a just a simple Alabama yeah. man. <laughs> do we know why they do four fish limit? Because you, you know they like to be different and it's cool. Like, I don't know if he's 
they have a real reason. It's just it's not five and it's not three, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's really cool. It, it's just something. I wish more clubs would. Oh, we've been trying to get our local club to go five forever and they don't want to. I'm, I'm going to stop trying for five and try for four next year and just. There you go. Move Inch them up. up. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, next up, Ontario Kayak Bass Trail on Sparrow Lake. 103 anglers. Five fish limit. That's crazy for it's a good Ontario, turnout. man. Uh, first place, Mike Hockey with 86 and a quarter. Second place, Brian Arnold with 83 and a half. Third place, Tyler Warner, 81 and a half. Had over 400 fish caught in that tournament. Uh, next up, we've got the 2021 Fishing for the Mountain Mission, uh, the Mountain State Kayak Anglers of West Virginia. 100 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Mike Holcomb, 78 and a quarter. Second place, Jordan Ross, 75 and a half. Third place, Storm Carver was 73 and three quarter. It was a prize only tournament and everything helped charity. So I love to see that. We make sure we get all those on here. Uh, Moving on, the Peach State Kayak Anglers out of Georgia on the Okmulgee River. Okmulgee, yeah. That's right. Show bass. Oh, they had uh, 30 anglers with a five fish limit. First place, Dylan Lowry with 85 and three quarter. Second place, Jason Smith with 85. Third place, Travis Dawkins with 83 and a quarter. So the top two is really close. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Kayak Anglers of Missouri. Uh, they did a, a, a radius of the Columbia City Hall, so 50 miles around Columbia City Hall. That's a cool thing to do. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I like that. That was different. the old school river bassin way we used to do it, the radius. Fish all the rivers within 50 or 60 miles. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. So they had 32 anglers. First place, Tommy Probst with 97 and a quarter. Big bag. Second place, Alan Birding with 83 and a half. Third place, Sean Priest with 82 and three quarters. Uh, next up, we already talked about it a little bit, the Bass Nation Series on Pickwick. They had, we had 82 out there. First place, Joshua Dill with 92 and a half. Second place, uh, Alabama Hammer, Coley McGowan with 88 and a half. Third place, Brian Del- Del- Delaney? Delaney with 86 yeah. and three quarter. Um, next up, Minnesota Slay Nation, uh, 33 anglers. First place, Sonny Zhang with 87. Second place, Rocky Vang with 85 and a quarter. Third place, Kyle Murray with 85 and a quarter. They were on the, the M- MPLS chain. I should have wrote down what that was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next up, the Yakabass on Lake McClure out there in Cali. 77 anglers, first place, Tasmua with 90 and a quarter. Second place, again, Damian Tao with 85. Man's always up there in Cali. Mm-hmm. Uh, third place, Jonathan Hervey with 79 and three quarter. Next up, here's one I don't know if I've ever said before. Uh, Oregon kayak bass fishing on Lake Billy Chinook. 30 anglers, first place in a five. Now, this is a five fish limit. First place was gauge level with 61 inches. Second place, David Lighthizer with 59, third place, Braden Allison with 59. So that was a tough day. So do, do we know if they had a limit? Like, can you even have a limit with 61 inches? Or was that probably just like four fish? I, I wish I, I'll have to. I, I should have checked that. Yeah, that's a good. Because it could be some clubs allow if it measures on the board, like eight. Yeah. They go with it. So in that situation, you could. I, I'm going to check into that. I'm going to find out. There's some good places in Oregon, really. There are, there are some great places to bass fish. I mean, I've, I've been up there. But anyway, I, I just am surprised if it 
like if that that fishery just as smaller fish or did that just not they couldn't get five and that was just right even before that's not that great with four or 61 yeah so uh, that's curious but it, but if it was a grind congrats to those guys for yeah grinding it out and hey, making it happen whatever it was they won so that's that's impressive that's right. for sure but Cash Oregon, uh, yeah my point is oregon has got some great bass fishing guys so uh, in the columbia river you know, up there as well. And then North, you know, Northwest is, is really good. There's some big smallmouth up there. So, and then there's some other rivers that are really good too. Cause once you get on the, you know, the East side of Oregon, it's a little bit more deserty. And then I think there's some, some little bit warmer water over there too. So it's a little bit, you know, cause they got all the cold water stuff feeding into the Pacific and salmon and, and all that stuff. So I think it, there's some better bass fishing than people think is my point. So, but congrats guys. So that was a five fish limit. Actually, Wow. All but five people caught a limit. All but five people. And then, and so they were all just really small. Yep. Uh, Gage's big fish was a 14. I wonder if that place was like just stocked. Like, you know what I mean? Like if it's a brand yeah. new little lake or something, it was just stocked like a year ago to, or something. I may have to do like, some research on that. Cause the biggest fish in that tournament was a 14 and a quarter. It just seems almost unfathomable, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, last but not least, the Ontario Kayak Bassmasters event on Lake Dalrymple. Something. We'll go with that. Sure. You darn Canadians. <laughs> uh, 31 anglers. First place, Josh Dean with 82. Second place, Chris Visser with 81 and a half. Third place, Matthew Hain with 76 and a half. So, another good week of a bunch of tournaments. Uh, I like seeing names I've never seen. I, I love, I don't know why I love so much when I hear the Ontario stuff. I mean, 100 anglers in Canada bass fishing that's that's yeah. freaking awesome so that's cool well that's the show for tonight drew you got anything else got anything coming up man um the only thing i was going to mention i could actually share my screen real quick this could this could help um is yeah, we are almost ready to start giving you guys an update on the fantasy game i know a lot of you guys have played it and uh this year and let me just pull this up real quick and a lot of you guys have played it uh or are playing it but right now I don't know if you can see my screen yet. Hold on. It it pulled you up in a separate There we go. situation. So the uh the leader I should have figured out. I think we can get to this person's name somehow. Oh, maybe not. But this is what they chose. Their name is called Indiana underscore Big Bass. They got forty two thousand seven hundred and twelve points. Keep in mind this isn't including yet the uh, KBF and the bass results and so the way this works is the money earned from the anglers equals fantasy points so and you pick your best uh you know six six anglers and so this guy this person who's in the lead right now with forty two thousand seven hundred and twelve points or you could say it dollars uh russ snyder's Derek brundle matt Connett, brian howell dave sewell and Dwayne Beatty. and that may change because i don't think any of those names are up in the the good money for those events like uh, yeah, Russ, right. I think finished back no. in the teens, right? And oh, this is odd. This person only has four people. That's odd. <laughs> I've never seen that before. But they are somehow picked the right four. Apparently, because it's Russ, Jody, and Cody Milton. Now you have a salary cap. You can't just pick all the best anglers. Uh, but uh, this is uh, Brad Hicks, right? I mean, look at yeah. this. He's in. He's in third oh, place. Yeah, uh, Brian. Brian loses on technicality. 
Brad, Brian. Yeah, right. Brad loses on technicality. Sorry, Brad. Brad. You suck. Yeah, man. He's got Russ. He's got me, which this is incorrect. Uh, we're going to fix this here. But the what I wanted to actually show you is uh, you can see some of the na names here. We're going to get this kind of cleaned up. But what I want to show you is the whole point of this thing is also to keep a, a money list going for every year. And, and like I said, this isn't including some of the most recent ones. And you can see here that uh, Russ Snyder's is $24,611. Mark Pendergraph has got the straight 20,000 from the, uh, the championship, you know, on possum kingdom, Jody queen. Again, he, this is going to go up for Jody cause he just won at 14,000, 13,000 for Brian. Howe. Cody Milton's almost at 10. I'm right there. Uh, 7,000 something. Uh, Alex Miller, Guillermo Gonzalez, five. And, and then, of course, Robert's going to be right here in this 5,000 range when his money gets oh, put yeah. in, too, because um, I think he won almost that amount. But we're still trying to get this dialed in a little bit with with how to include, uh, if we're going to include bonus bucks or not, because KBF doesn't post the results with the bonus bucks. So then we'd have to go look and find out who has bonus bucks and add it in. It's confusing. But could be long, st long story short, guys, this is, um, this is pretty cool, and uh, we're going to make it even cooler next year but for right now uh we're going to keep you guys up to date on this money list because it's just cool to see how much money folks are winning i think last year russ was up to 40 something thousand dollars so we'll see if uh anybody can get get above that this year and uh yeah we'll just here just scroll down, i'll scroll down the list and people or if people are watching this on youtube you can kind of see some of the names and where everyone's at and again this isn't all you know we got to include some last some last few things here uh, I know Christine just got some checks that so she's going to be moving up. So, you know, should be fun to follow along. So we'll try to give you guys a little bit of an update on that every once in a while. And, uh, you know, just see how the, how the hammers, the top guys in the nation are, are faring in terms of actual money one. And then. Yeah. Know. When we can all, uh, when it's all over with and there's a winner, we can have the winner of the fantasy thing on maybe yeah. have some of the anglers that made it worth it for them on. We'll, we'll do something fun with it. Yeah. That'd be cool. All right. Well, all right, man. Another good show, Drew. Thank you as always for being part of it. Uh, yeah, man. For everybody watching and listening, like it and share it and check everybody out. Check us out on our social stuffs. And I had a couple people reach out and actually make sure, you know, uh, I always say it. If you want your your event mentioned at the end of the, the show, I actually had people do that. So that was cool. It's been a while. Very cool. All right, guys. Peace out. And uh, don't forget. You can still catch them shallow in the middle of the day in the <laughs> summer. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I'm not even ready. I'm over here laughing about this. Don't You're even have good. a closer pulled up. All right. Good night, everybody. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to Jig. Four in the morning. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners. 
every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.